What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, welcome in. It's another episode of What's the Spread? A brief hiatus, but we are back just in time, Brad, for a couple episodes before Labor Day weekend. <laughs> this is it, baby. Thursday through Monday, all college football, no NFL yet. This weekend Dude. belongs to the game that we love. If like I think for every single time we did a podcast, all I was talking about is how excited I am for this to finally come. And I can tell you there was nothing better than watching week zero college football. Like, I mean, I'm literally watching FSU versus Duquesne, like drinking, uh, betting on it, and like pretending that this is like a top five matchup. But this week we get really good matches. I'm so excited, like. It feels like it was going to take forever to get here, and we are here at last. So let's get into it. Today we're going to uh, briefly preview the Big Ten, the SEC. We're going to give our uh, pick to win the two biggest conferences in college football. We're going to start with the Big Ten. Um, If you want to hear more, we did a lot of uh, deep dives in our favorite games of the year, our preseason top 25. Not much has changed. A lot of that is going to carry over into now. But let's go ahead and get into the Big Ten Let's start in the East. We got Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan <laughs> State was a big player last year. Yes. Everyone keeps bringing up Penn State, uh, but they've struggled in recent years. Who are you liking in the Big Ten East? Man, unfortunately, not unfortunately from a, a, a like a relationship standpoint, but from a betting standpoint, I like Ohio State. Like I've talked about this, and I'm going to continue to beat the dead horse, that everyone knows how dominant Ohio State was last year, right? And then we get kind of distracted – that uh, Olave left, uh, Garrett Wilson left. But then when I was looking at the stats of how many returning players you guys have this year, you guys have 70% of returning production on the offense, 82% returning production on the defense. That number is absolutely mind-blowing. The biggest problem that I had with Ohio State all year, and we've talked about this on other podcasts, is you weren't tough defensively. Bringing in Jim Knowles is... That has the ability, if he can build that culture, that Oklahoma State culture defensively early in the season, it has the ability to to absolutely change and make you guys a legitimate threat. Everyone knows you should be a a top-four team, but I mean like make a threat and be afraid of playing Ohio State every week. Yeah, because we know Ohio State's going to score points, right? We got C.J. Stroud as the Heisman frontrunner. We saw what Jackson Smith and Jigba did in the Rose Bowl. Trayvon Henderson is is primed for a breakout year this year. We know that this offense is going to put up points, but as I said previously and over the summer, it's going to come down to this defense, and it makes me nervous because all the reports out of Columbus right now are this defense is ready to go. Yeah, There are no worries. We got our toughness back, aggressiveness (laughs) back. That's all well and good. But my mind still goes back to that Ohio State-Michigan game in Ann Arbor in the snow on Thanksgiving weekend, and it's just – continuous flashes for me of how outclassed we were in that game up front. And I'm talking offensively and defensively in that game. So there's a lot to fix. And then you go into the Rose Bowl and of course the Ohio State offense puts on the show. We know that's going to be the strength. Yeah. But it's how much improvement has Jim Knowles done in one offseason because we know the talent is there. I remember texting this to you a couple of weeks ago. Jack Sawyer is going to be the breakout defensive player in the country this year. I think Ohio State will get their pass rush back. And the schedule is favorable. 
They are dominant at home in conference games. They have won 25 straight conference games at home by an average margin of 30.9 points per game. As a conference opponent, you don't come into the shoe and beat us. Uh, and we get Michigan at home this year. So, you know, I think Ohio State, Michigan is going to decide the Big Ten. Before we yeah. even get to the West, I'll say it right now. I think Ohio State, Michigan, again, is going to decide this conference because we saw what happened to the Big Ten championship last year, yeah. right? Michigan beats Iowa 42-3. to three. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't even a, it, it wasn't even close. The West continues to be the weak part of this conference. And we'll talk about them in a second, but I still think there's a lot of work to do on that side. Yes. I, uh, you know, it's really interesting. <clears throat> I was like looking at Michigan and I wanted to try to make a strong case for Michigan, you know, and I just kept going back to the fact that they have to play that final game in the shoe. Michigan lost a lot on defense and there were games where Aiden Hudson single-handedly kept them in there defensively. But then again, you, your defensive identity doesn't just change when you're only allowing 17.4 points per game and 4.9 yards per play. Michigan got their identity back. It took a while, but it is back. And I saw the uh, I saw the Harborough press conference about not naming a starter, and he said it was biblical. So I'm going to trust that he's following the Bible and praying to God that his defense holds up without uh, two of their key players all season until that big, most important, the game of the year, because I just can't find a logical way for them to be the outright favorite but it would make it would make sense if you want to kind of sprinkle just because you're getting plus money odds. Like from a betting standpoint, um, I just couldn't see myself backing anybody in in this division except for Ohio State, maybe a Little Michigan. I, I go a little bit further, right? I'm I'm out on Penn State, and I think you know that. Um, I'm just not a believer in Sean Clifford, and I, I this is a four and five team, and what this will be our second or third year in a row if they have another bad year where we make excuses for them. Uh, what was it? First, it was COVID. Then, then well, we blame Clifford. Now, let's check check on the pricing. Uh, Ohio State minus two fifteen, overwhelming favorite. Michigan plus six fifty. I think you'd be better off going to the East and finding your favorite of the East if you want to bet against Ohio State, because then you're going to get prices like uh, eighteen to one. You get prices like thirty to one, fifty five to one. That's where you really start to find value. Yeah, and I want to come back to Michigan for a second, where yes. I still think, as you said, I still think there's value in the Michigan Wolverines. And, you know, I think Desmond Howard brought them to light with his crazy playoff picks last weekend. So he kind of brought them back into the conversation. But it seems to me that people think that Michigan can't do this again and repeat the success they had last year. Why not? Yeah. Why not? We didn't think that they could do it last year. And we didn't think that they could beat Ohio State last year. So why should this year be any different? Don't write off Michigan just yet. I don't like what Harbaugh is doing with the McNamara and McCarthy quarterback battle week one and two. I think that could come back to bite him really bad um, <laughs> if it goes a certain way. I think J.J. McCarthy should be the starter. I think he's more talented. Um, but but we'll see what happens. I mean, that's going to be a developing storyline for them because I think going into this year that the offense is the strength and you're not able to name a starting quarterback and – that's just going to be a detriment to the growth of that unit because yep. what I saw in that Ohio State coming back to the Ohio State Michigan game last fall, yeah. their running game is back to uh, is back to hardball football. I, I I mean you know it, it's it's back to what they do best, and I think that they can 
replicate that this year because they have that identity back on that side of the ball. Yeah, they're losing Aiden Hutchinson on defense and they're losing a, a few pieces over there, but that toughness and that strength up front seems to be back. Uh, yeah. So I've still got my eyes on Michigan. I get where you, I get where you're coming from, and I'm just thinking of when's the last time has a team lost 64 or 67 percent of defensive production, and they've come back and had another outstanding defensive year. And we see right. it time and time again where teams are just stifling their opponents and they lose a ton of players. So I, I think you guys have that wild card. If Ryan Day gets his guys up for the game, or and your guys stay healthy, health is always important. You know, I, I think that you guys have this in hand. But Michigan with the double-headed monster um, at running back, if they can just keep their identity, run the ball, pick their freaking quarterback by week two, they will be a scary team. Um, but I don't like anybody else in the West. And for, for Michigan State, too, you know, 7-2 and two last year, they they exceeded expectations. I think they're going to miss Kenneth Walker. Uh, yes. Not to say that they won't be a player. You know, Peyton Thorne had a quietly good season last year, 27 touchdowns. Uh, but I just don't see Michigan State as a real player in this division. I think that they can win, you know, five and four, six and three is where I see them. Yeah. Uh, maybe an upset, but I think it's Ohio State and Michigan in this division. Uh, and I think last year proved that. When so, I think about Michigan State, I think about, you know, they had their year where they kind of exceeded expectations. And so now Mel Tucker has his team at this lofty level. I just hope they can, can keep that momentum. Uh, when you pay someone that kind of money, I don't want him to fall and fall from grace and say they were carried by a lot of luck, a lot of Kenneth Walker. Um, it'll be interesting to see because they got some well, good players to replace Kenneth Walker. Like it's not like they didn't um, when they bring in Broussard, uh, the guy out of Wisconsin. They have quality backs replace him. Get stronger in the secondary. Um, then we'll see what we're talking about. But eleven wins is not in their cards this year. Yeah, Mel Tucker is do- is doing it right. He, you know, he's he's using his resources. He's he's getting a lot of talent through the portal. I think he'll continue to do that. Because yeah. when you're in a division and, and, and you're competing from a recruiting level with Harbaugh at Michigan and, and, and Day at Ohio State, you've got to build your roster a little differently. But as you said, uh, or as you kind of alluded to, it, it kind of makes it more difficult to reach that 11, that 10-11 win mark. Yeah, I agree. All right, so moving over to the West, which not much has changed here in the last two, three, four, five, six years. This division is one with defense. We saw it again last year with Iowa. You know, Wisconsin was up there. I think that Wisconsin and Iowa are the favorites in this division for good reason. But here's the thing. And let's start there. Let's start with Wisconsin and Iowa. I think that from a program perspective, we've we've talked plenty about this. Stylistically, they're very similar. But they are both coming in with having last year had a top 10 defense and just nothing on offense. No identity. Mertz didn't have a good year. Peters didn't have a good year for Iowa. Iowa had a historically bad offense. (laughs) Very. Still won the West. But we saw what happened in the championship. They put up three points against Michigan. You've got to have that balance. Uh, So for me, I've got my eyes on Wisconsin and Michigan. They both have very tough schedules, especially crossover. Wisconsin goes at Ohio State, at Michigan State, and then at Iowa. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Iowa gets Ohio State and Michigan in crossover play. What do you think about these two teams? You know, I was really interested in Wisconsin. I think that's because there was a lot of talk about it, right? A lot of talk about Wisconsin. This Wisconsin defense should be just as good, but they're they're not returning a lot of players. Only returning eight overall starters. Um, but I'm really excited about Braylon Allen. I think that, you know, taking this next step, because he will be a star, take this next step will help them their offense, help quarterback Graham Mertz a lot. 
Um, when I look at Iowa, you know, I was excited about Iowa's win total. It's one of the bets I put out over seven and a half wins. I don't think that they're going to be better offensively, whether they start uh, Petrus or Padilla. Losing Tyler Goodson is going to be very difficult. And we're not talking about winning games. We're talking about winning enough games to make it to the championship. I don't think that I could get behind them to win the championship because their offense is going to be so poor that they're going to go into the championship game and they're going to have to go against an Ohio State, go against a Michigan, go against maybe even a, a Michigan State and put up numbers that I don't think are going to happen. Really good for them that they're getting Jack Campbell, Riley Moss, and company back. So their defense will still be very good. But I just don't think – this is another thing that I thought was really interesting too. I didn't know this until uh, until two weeks ago. They forced 31 turnovers last year. That is not going to happen again. That's yeah. just an unreal, unrealistic expectation. So a lot of those turnovers, if we remember correctly, were like Riley Moss running back up. Oh, yeah. that's, that, that's more points that you're taking off the board. I think that a lot's going to have to go right for them. Um, it's a little bit easier when you have a, a Braylon Allen uh, for a Wisconsin. So I, I kind of lean Wisconsin here. I think I will be a big player. But even if you try to do like the strategy I did last year when I picked Iowa, I couldn't even hedge the championship game because Iowa, uh, Michigan was like a, a minus 2,000 to our 650 favorite. And I was like, there's no way for me to even hedge this. So I, I'm interested in I'm interested in Iowa to see how they progress, how Padilla or Petros progress, how they replace Goodson. They're going to have – I think they're going to have a better defense in Wisconsin. But like I said, Graham Mertz gets a little bit more help because they're going to – this reminds me of um, – Melvin Gordon error, you know, Monty ball where you have running back, Jonathan Taylor, you have running back who you can give the ball 35 times. It's going to make your offense a lot better than it was. Yeah. Braylon Allen is going to be the name that, that everybody knows at the end of the year that they don't know at the beginning of the year. And Braylon yes. Allen is going to be the difference in the big 10 West. And, you know, from a betting perspective, I, I, I don't think I would put any money down on, on, on a team from the West to win the title. We haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's not necessarily a good bet, but as far as to win the West, I'm going with, you could call it a safe pick. I think Wisconsin reclaims the West this year. I think they get back to the championship game. I think it's behind Braylon Allen. I think that's big enough of a, of a difference. We know they're going to be good defensively. Mertz doesn't have to do too much there. As you said, Iowa loses Tyler Goodson. Um, yeah. Again, both teams in a very similar spot. But I think that Wisconsin having that guy um, that, as you said, is a Melvin Gordon type uh, that, that can really carry them through an entire season, Jonathan Taylor. I think that's going to be a big difference. And really, I think Wisconsin only needs to go six and three to win yes. the West. Yeah, I'm with you as well. I think that uh, I think that I'm with Wisconsin. Iowa's going to have a great season. I think Iowa's win eight, nine games. That's a good season, you know. But it seems so chalky. You know, I'm picking Wisconsin to win the West. But it's, yeah. just, it's just hard for me to get down with that Iowa offense that gets worse. They're not getting better in the offseason. They're getting worse from a, a star standpoint, from a guy who can really carry you. Uh, and, and key games. I'll tell you though, keep your eye on Purdue. Aiden O'Connell is the best quarterback in this division. And if, if there's anybody that can be a wild card, it's the best quarterback in a very weak division. Uh, yeah. Purdue's going to air it out. They're going to score a lot of points, but I just don't think they are anywhere near good enough defensively to win a division where you need that top 10, top 15 defense. I think that's going to be the difference, but I will say, keep your eye on Purdue. Is there anybody else in the West that, that you've got your eye on? Oh, man, uh, I was looking a little bit, and don't call me crazy, man, at Northwestern. Listen, and this is this is my logic. Northwestern couldn't be as bad as they were last year. I was down on them, you know? 
And then after watching them play game one, what was our biggest concern about Northwestern? Wasn't them defensively. It was, could they score points? Could they push the pace of the game? Oh my God. It's like Pat Fitzgerald opened his eyes and said, Oh my God, college football is playing fast up tempo football. And that looked really, really good. They looked good when they were doing that because it gave their quarterback confidence instead of teams taking. When you slow down the pace of college football, you're making it easier for the defense. You play up, you play up tempo, make it hard for them. Um, no one else really in the in the uh, West. I, I'm not really falling in love with Minnesota what they're doing. Illinois, I think they'll be a middle of the road team. But yeah, if I were to pick a sleeper, I think I picked Northwestern again last year, and they just couldn't. When you're okay, so I saw a crazy stat. Their opponent's average starting field position was somewhere around the 43 to 45 yard line. That's because their offense just stalled out drives every play. So, and, and if that changes, they're going to be a, someone that you can at least rely on to win you some games. Hey, division champs in 2018, 2020. Yeah. You never know. Maybe it's the even years. <laughs> um, all right. So, Big Ten Championship. I've got Ohio State in Wisconsin. It's a classic Big Ten title game that we've seen before. Yeah. Uh, and I've got Ohio State winning that game handedly. Yes, I have Ohio State, Wisconsin. I have Ohio State winning that game pretty well. Um, it'll probably be I how I see that game panning out, it's gonna be a little bit of a of a grudge match, you know, in the first 10 minutes of the game, then Ohio State literally just takes their foot off the gas. And then Wisconsin, when they're forced to throw the ball, they struggle. Ohio State wins. I think the spread would probably be on that like uh 17 and a half, round 14, somewhere around there. And I think Ohio State win hand cover. Yeah, it's tough to pick against anybody else in the Big Ten besides Ohio State, but if you are, go with Michigan. That's all I'm saying. All right, man, let's head on into the SEC, which yes. is still king. And I <laughs> want to start the conversation with this. Okay. We really need to think about this for a second. Georgia didn't even have to win the SEC title last year <laughs> to win the national championship. And that's the second time that the SEC has done this. Bama's done it. And yep. Georgia's done it. And no one, no other conference has even come close to that because no other conference has gotten two teams into the college football playoff. This is yep. the SEC is, is at an unprecedented level right now as far as talent. And the fact that Kirby Smart has taken control of the East like this, like, uh, you know, total control. Yeah. We've seen it on the recruiting trail, we knew it was coming. And now it's there. So we know that Georgia is going to be a player. Uh, we don't really have to go east-west here. Let's 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 talk about the SEC as a whole. Okay. Who, who do you have your eye on? Let's let's come back to Bama and Georgia. So okay. So who, who are we looking at besides those two? It's funny to look at the odds, right? And I'm doing this from an odds standpoint. I have to have my eye on Tennessee. There's no way you're telling me that Florida – is going to have a better season than Tennessee. There's a lot of hype around Anthony Richardson, but there's a Florida team that has no real offensive identity, and they were god-awful defensively. When I look at Tennessee, Tennessee may very well have one of the best quarterbacks outside of Bryce Young in the entire conference in Hernan Hooker. They've had every single team on the ropes. Listen to this. They led the SEC in plays of 40 yards or more. They just couldn't finish games. And another year of this great offensive attack, if they can shore up the defense a little bit more, they could be scary at plus 5,000. When you get a big dog like that, all you need to do is make it to the championship. I like Tennessee too. Yeah. I like Tennessee a lot. I'm glad. 
Uh, Tell me I, why. I, hammering over seven and a half wins, first of all. I think I think that's an absolute given. What Heupel was doing at Tennessee, I never thought was going to happen. And, and yes. Again, spoke about this a couple months ago uh, when I really put my foot foot in my mouth with that hire. I didn't really know what direction they were going, but this man came in uh, on fire. Yes. Uh, and I, I just saw a different identity with Tennessee last year. Hennon Hooker, as you said, definitely a good quarterback in this league. And Tennessee plays both Alabama and Georgia. I think that Tennessee can actually give Bama and Georgia two very competitive football games this year. And I think Tennessee yeah. could easily win eight or nine games. I agree. I think that, uh, you know, Alabama's going to go into that game. Uh, in Neyland, it's going to be really, really, uh, really pressure packed. And then Georgia, listen, Miles, we know Georgia is going to be one of the best teams, but Georgia's only returning 10 starters from that championship team. Now we've said this, this, they will have to rely on Stetson Bennett. No way that they're going to have another defense. That's going to only allow 10 points uh, under 10 points per game. This happened with Alabama. Remember when Alabama had that? really dominant defense and it felt like they were just getting sacks every single play then the following year everyone said it's alabama they reload they were still really good but they were somewhere around 17 to 18 points per game in the sec that's not going to give you an undefeated schedule so like you said i it makes sense if you want to see why tennessee has a chance yeah i i don't think georgia is going to replicate their 12 and 0 regular season so I, i i think they're gonna have to win the sec championship to get to the playoff uh Let's go to Texas A&M for a second. We spent a lot of time talking about these guys. Um, Definitely a hype train here, but Brad, they were four and four in the SEC last year. (laughs) They were four and four. I I mean, at at some point we got to ask ourselves, what are we doing here? Uh, It's, It's, I just continue to come back to this conversation. It's, it's not that they're, we know they're talented. Anybody with a pen and paper and glasses can see that they're talented. Yes. Uh, but but the question is, can they put it together? Even with their win against Alabama last year, AM is not where Bama and Georgia are right now. No. They're not as a program. Maybe they're starting to get their recruiting, and that's that's completely fair to say. But from an overall program perspective, you can't tell me that AM is anywhere close to where Bama and Georgia are right now. So I'm just not convinced that they're ready to take that step. You know, people make the excuse for Texas AM. It's, it's literally every excuse in the book. And one that I just heard, uh, Haynes King gets, uh, he wins the starting job. And the excuse now I'm hearing is Haynes King got injured early last year. Texas AM probably could have been undefeated. The next excuse we're hearing, uh, A Chain didn't get a chance to be the, the, the lead back. They can go undefeated. When they lose four conference games next year, what are we going to make an excuse for these guys? Listen, they, their defense was pretty good, uh, around 15 or 16 points per game allowed. But they have another tough schedule. They have to play at Alabama as well. They don't get Bama at home. Anytime you get Bama at home, you got to take the opportunity. Last year was their chance, but they slipped up too early in the season. If you guys want to buy into the hype, though, of Texas A&M, I could never talk you off an 18-1 to 1 ticket. But I don't think that this – um, Texas A&M team is the caliber of that LSU team preseason. And I was pretty open about LSU looks pretty scary preseason. I'm not uh, really afraid of Haynes King as I was Joe Burrow. Cause we know Joe Burrow was a good quarterback coming in. We don't really know that Hanks King's a good quarterback. And also it's Jimbo Fisher, man, Jimbo Fisher. This off season has been such 
how do I describe it? Has been such a like he wasn't thinking that much. I know he's trying to get his guys fired up, but you don't poke the bear. The last thing you do is poke the bear, poking Nick Saban. You better believe Nick Saban is going to go into that game and try to run it up on Texas A&M. That's going to be the game they circle on. He circles on his calendar, bulletin board material. If if Texas A&M uh, loses three conference games, don't don't call me being surprised because I'm not surprised at all. Well, what's funny is that you know you've got Bama and A&M uh, October eighth, but yeah. no, no one's talking about A&M. They played Miami and Arkansas in September. Yeah. So what's their record going to be going into that game? I mean, I. I could see him losing those two games. I could see him yep. splitting them, or I could see him winning those two games. But that's a tough September slate. And speaking of Arkansas, my boy KJ Jefferson, I cannot wait <laughs> to watch this kid again this year. I think Arkansas is another program going in the right direction. But yes, man, this uh, and, and you can you can kind of let me know what you think about that. But uh, just just kind of going into the West, I mean, Ole Miss, I think is still going to be a player. Like this this division is loaded with talent. I uh, I think that Arkansas is going to be good. You know. Arkansas did all the right things. They have uh, KJ Jefferson, who he should be the guy who takes that next step. He's proven he can do it on, on the ground. And again, proven can he do it through the air. Replacing Traylon Burks is going to be a concern for me, the guy who had about 66 catches last season. Um, but we know what Pittman does. We know how he's he's built this around, this offense around running the ball, being hard, just like Arkansas should be, back to good Arkansas football. I'm not high on Ole Miss. Ole Miss lost a ton. More importantly, they're going to have to change their philosophy entirely. I think if Ole Miss wins eight games this season, it's a big, big season for them because I, I can't remember who the quarterback off the top of my head. Um, oh my God. But they have to replace uh, Matt Corral, uh, Snoop Connor, even Reese Plumley, who I thought would have been a good backup quarterback. Oh, He's yeah. not playing at UCF. I don't see where they, where they have that offensive pizzazz. Oh, and they also lost um, Jeff Levy on offense as their offensive corner. Like there's a lot that Lane Kim is going to have to replace. And I think that if they win eight games, that's like a good season for them. Oh yeah. I mean, he, he had to pull a lot from the transfer portal, uh, yeah. you know, so, so, so it's not so much the the big recruiting right now there, but. They did get uh, Zach Evans, which was a really big, uh, really big grab for them uh, running back uh, TCU. All right. So let's, let's go back to Georgia for a second. Defending yeah. national champions. You, you already made uh, the best point that, that you got to make with or against Georgia, Stetson Bennett, can he be the one? Because last year he was able to lean on that defense so much. Yes. And, and last year all it was was, all right, don't make a mistake in the first quarter. The defense is going to make three or four stops, whatever it takes. Yep. We'll, we'll go up 14-17, nothing, and you can cruise. But yep. we don't know if they're going to be able to use that philosophy again. And, again, I don't think Georgia's going to replicate the 12 in a regular season. I think, I think they're going to slip up. I think yep. we're really going to see what Stetson Bennett is made of. I think that national championship did the best thing possible for Kirby Smart to win one on his own. So now we can consistently see this uh, Georgia team who is a playoff caliber team because they have <clears throat> the confidence that they need. But looking at it, Georgia is 96 in returning talent. There's only one SEC team lower than, and that's Ole Miss at 98. Georgia lost 64% of their defensive production. They have good targets in, uh, in on offense in Gilbert um, and Bowers, but l- l- like like you said, is this going to be the Stetson Bennett who you know goes out there and just plays football, or is it the Stetson Bennett who, who proves that he's a leader? He proves that he can move the chains and win tough games. I don't know, and I don't know if I'm comfortable backing them to win the SEC at plus one fifty five. Like 
I would probably want around plus two hundred, but I just don't know, man. It's I, it's been it's been a while since we've seen a team lose that much on defense and they'd be that good again the very next year. Yeah, Georgia is my pick to win the East, but again, not much competition there. But yeah. you know, I I can't see them going from eight zero last year to not winning the East this year. It, it's just exactly they'll 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 be consistent enough to win the division. So they are my pick. They're my pick to, to win Atlanta. The East. Yeah, and, and, and it's it, it's hard to pick against them in the East. Yes. Uh, and then going to the West, we haven't talked about Alabama. Alabama is still the king of college football. I don't care what anybody says. And, and again, I, I feel like I say this every year. And Georgia got them last year. There's no doubt about that. They did. But I've said this repeatedly. Georgia had possibly the best defense that we have ever seen in the history of college football last season. And that's what it took to beat Alabama in the national championship was a historically good defense. Alabama yeah, has, yeah, go ahead. We're not even talking about the breaks that Georgia got. Alabama's two best receivers uh, going down with ACL injuries. Like that, the breaks that, that Georgia got last year, and, and Nick Saban has said this before, in order to win a national championship, a lot has to go right for you. And it was the year for Georgia. I think that Alabama is the creme de la creme of the SEC this year. One thing about Alabama's defense last year, you know, it was improved. We saw that. But then emerges that Dallas Turner wasn't quite there yet. Now we have Will Anderson, who came back, who's coming back to college football. Not He could have sat out. You know, he's coming back to college football, could have sat out. But like, I know I'm going to be a top three draft pick. Coming back because he loves playing football. Now you can't, you can't double team Will Anderson. Or, or you're going to be screwed on the side of Dallas Turner. So you, you have two guys on both ends. This is the first time in a long time that Nick Saban's had this. Normally when you see Nick Saban with a good defensive line, he's good in the middle, good run stoppers. It hasn't been a long time since he's had good edge rushers. And I'm excited. I hope they stay healthy um, because this defense could be absolutely special. Yeah, you know, it, it it could be the best linebacking core that we've seen at Bama. Yep. But again, I, I feel like we say this every year where it's the best secondary or it's the best D-line. or, or the best. Yep. This is what they continue to do. You can argue that they have the two best players in the country. Yeah, uh, You know, Heisman winner Bryce Young, Will Anderson is going to be an absolute beast. He could win the Heisman this year. Yeah, he, he could. He could do it. I mean, we're I think we're really starting to change the narrative with this Heisman trophy. And, and Kirk Herbstreit was talking about this last weekend of – uh, I think the writers were coming around to maybe we should start you know, uh, really looking at these defensive players as the best player in the country. Why can't a defensive player yeah. be the best in the country? If Will Anderson stays healthy, I think he could absolutely take home the Heisman this year. I think he's that good. I think Bama is going to be that good. It's hard to find a spot on the schedule where Bama is going to trip up. We saw it happen last year with AM, but yeah. I've got Bama coming out of the West until, you know, until <laughs> really, here it is. <laughs> I'm picking Alabama on the West until AM can prove that they can win the West because yes. it's going to happen. Like AM, with this recruiting, they will get to a point where they're going to go seven to one. Yeah. You know, whether it be eight, no, they will be there in the conversation because your recruiting will catch up to you. We said that about Georgia. Georgia's yeah. recruiting finally caught, uh, caught up to them, national champions. And now yeah. they're, they're just this machine of talent and NFL talent. And that's yeah, why I've got Alabama and Georgia in the SEC title game again. Same. And I have Alabama winning this year. One thing that Alabama struggled with, and I know it's going to be improved this year, was their offensive line. Uh, they got a new offensive line coach in there. But one thing that they, they didn't have any many bailout options. Like if Bryce was under pressure, 
it's not like your running back was going to go out there. Brian Robinson's not going out there, and he's he's going to be dynamic enough to where you have to be concerned about him coming out of the backfield catching passes. Now with Jameer Gibbs, he provides he provides an option that of a guy who can break free and score at will from anywhere on the field, which makes life a little bit easier when you have a safety valve uh, check down coming right out of the backfield. Yeah, I think Georgia will have a top 10 defense this year. It won't be anywhere near as dominant as they were last year. Agreed. Uh, and that's going to be the difference for Alabama uh, with with Bryce Young coming back and, you know, the the strides that they're going to make on the defensive side of the ball. I think Bama wins the SEC. And we'll we'll get to our playoff picks a little bit later. But looks pretty good to me, Brad. Ohio State of the Big Ten. Bama out of the SEC. I know that you and I both want that to be the national championship, but we'll, yes. just, we'll just have to wait and see where where we're at. That would be exciting. Uh, I'm glad we uh, made it. We powered through these uh, these conferences. These, I was, these are two I was most excited to talk about because like these are two that everyone knows the best, um, the two that we literally spend all of our time talking about. No doubt. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread. Be sure to download the podcast, and if you're watching on YouTube, ring the bell. Press the like button and subscribe. Best of luck. Happy college football season.